And we're back with part two of a mini-sode, which sounds like the opposite of what a mini-sode <laughs> should be. Uh, I guess it's, um, we need to just call these, start calling these something else. They can't be minis. They can't be minis. Right. They're not mini. They're they're the opposite. Uh, Pontificating part, sodes. Uh, yes, right. Something of right. that nature. Uh, so this is part two of our discussion on strategic planning. Rachel, let me ask you a few follow-up questions. Number one, uh, we're talking about, for you, that was probably 25 to 30 interviews? Yep. Okay. Yep, I would say so. An hour, at least an hour in length. And then you had to go back and you developed or partnered to put this into a project management uh, system. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about th- why would you, I mean, so you don't just let your sit on the shelf either. So how do right. you track 30 to 40 departments? How do you do that? Right, right. So um, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> but, um, you know, I do have a project management system so that after so after those, um, you know, analyses are done on every single service line, I take those and I'll, I'll essentially have a mini marketing plan or a sub plan, if you will, for each of those service lines. Some of them will be more robust than others, again, based on the needs or the growth projections or the priorities that we have. Um, and then those roll up into the plan for the whole organization. And then there's also more of an umbrella plan that is focused on the brand awareness piece that's more overarching. Um, so with that, each of those individual plans have their own objectives and market actions. So that would be our tactics. Um, so those all have to roll up into an actual work plan because I can't yeah. work from 30 different sheets of paper, no right? Um, so from there, you essentially, which this is going to be the fun part, we haven't had this conversation yet, because I'm still wrapping this up. But um, I will be putting together a uh, a, a grid of these market actions that will show what is the action, uh, how much of a priority is it? How much time is it going to take to do? Um, how many FTEs would it take based on the time? What's the budget for it and who's responsible for it? And then that adds up into a total um, understanding of for each of these different categories or each of these different areas, how many people do we need to get this done and how much money do we need to get it done? And then from there, we can say we don't have that many people or that much money and we're not going to find it. So we got to go back and adjust and cut and things like that. Um, And once that process is done, then it can all go into a project management system. So I use an online platform um, called Reich because I need to see things from a hundred different potential views. I say my brain kind of like works in 3D. So just looking Mm -hmm. at a Gantt chart is not helpful. I need to be able to see a Gantt chart. I need to be able to see a list. I need to be able to see it in a spreadsheet. I need to be able to do it all those different ways. And um, this system allows me to do that, unlike some other ones I've used in the past. Um, But that is the time when I can put in these are all the te- strategies and tactics that we said we were, yes, going to stick with after we did all that analysis. Those all go into the project management system so that then they can be tracked and assigned throughout the year. Um, so my interns that I work with, um, they can go into that system. They can see what's been assigned to them, and then they can comment on their progress of what they've been working on and doing. So it allows me to keep track of things, um, but it also keeps important things top of mind. And that That's when if someone comes to me and says, hey, I had this idea for something we could do. Could you help us with that? 
because often the marketing department can become order takers and there is an element of internal customer service to marketing. However, we just like the just like our clinical leadership, I would never suggest to tell them how to do their job or how to run their department or or what they need to do specifically to get things done because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also tasked with being the subject matter expert on marketing well, and to how be. to market effectively. You have to be. Right. Right. So instead of, hey, I need a brochure for this. My question is, well, what are you trying to accomplish? Because a brochure may not be the right tool, but that may just be what you're thinking about. Right. Um, But when those kind of one off requests come in, then it gives me a little more cover to be able to say, I would love to help you with this. I think this is a great idea. We might have to incorporate it into the strategic marketing plan for next year because I don't have the capacity to add that right now. But I do think it's something that we want to do in the future. Yeah. And then it's a lot. That's me saying, no, sorry, I can't do it. (laughs) But that feels a lot more um, helpful and less of a a brick wall to be able to say, you know, this is how it's being prioritized. And it's easier for people to be like, okay, well, that's a bummer. But it, it just gives me a little bit more cover to be able to say I've got limited resources, but I like the idea. Now, there may be other things where we have a conversation and it turns out, you know, we really don't need to do that. Let's move on. And you know, and I got to say that you're, this is what you're notorious for. Because uh, early on, I used to do that with you. Rachel, I need to get an ad. And you'd be like, why an ad? What, what are you talking about? Why don't you put something on the paper? What? No, you don't. Well, need... it's more like we need to put a billboard up for that. <laughs> you w- No, I'll give you the exactly example. Rachel, we need to put a billboard up for XYZ service. And then Rachel will say, no, what, what are you trying to accomplish? Right. You know, what's the billboard going to do? And then you're pushing back and I'm like, because, well, that's, that's just kind of what I thought well, we, we like should billboards. do. We they like billboards. They look pretty and they're huge and, and everyone gets to see them. Yeah. So we feel proud of them. But because of that, that's why I use billboards as brand awareness. Right. Um, not because I'm telling you, I, I there literally was a satire article in The Onion about this that someone had sent me one time that was so funny that was like, woman drives past billboard about uh, minimally invasive surgery and decides to get an appendectomy. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. like that's not how people are moved to action. No. At least in healthcare. It's reinforcement. But it gives know. us the opportunity yeah. to build our brand awareness and make sure people know that we're here, give them that affiliation with us. Um, a lot of what I put up on our billboards is related to our culture, to our people, to our mission, more like the what's in it for me to the community from a bigger picture to create that affinity for Hillsdale Hospital. Oh, yeah. But then when it comes to the service specific items, we want to target that. And we just were having a conversation today about um, a a, a digital marketing campaign that we've been doing for home care and the results of that and the cost, because that's about 1.5 billboards for a month. No, you're right. However, the reach from that is significantly more and we know exactly how many people Pinpoint. clicked through to go see that website yeah. and how long they stayed there on average. So we're really able to get those results and those metrics better. But we also can target based on the demographics of people that are most appropriate for that service. Well, and and, and I think there's a true, uh, there, there's, I'm not going to call it a disease, but it's called billboard fatigue. And right. if you drive a lot and you're traveling, you know, think about it. You travel a long distance to get to work every day, Rachel. I do. Um, you have probably seen more billboards than anybody has ever seen in their life <laughs> uh, because you're all over. When you were driving from Texas and you go on trips and you do all those things. Okay, so fatigue sets in because mm-hmm. you just 
it's reinforcement. But I'll never forget the best time that I ever had it with just a little bit of a chuckle. You and I had just come off of this discussion, not once, not twice, about four times of me wanting a billboard for a specific reason. <laughs> and you shot me down, just absolutely crushed my hopes, my dreams. I, I It was terrible. But ultimately, we were in a senior well, leadership meeting. Well, I achieved my goal of you did, getting you rid did. of the billboard. <laughs> yes. But then I finally caught on. And then it was so hilarious because we were in a senior leadership meeting Right after you and I had already battled this out, I mean, I had lost miserably to this. And one of the senior leaders looked right at you and said, well, I think we should have a billboard for that. And then you turned to me with just your tongue in cheek and said, JJ, you want to address that? And I'll never forget, you know, that it put me in perspective of we do have to step back and ask, what is the purpose of the brochure? What is the purpose of the billboard? What is the purpose right. of the ad in the newspaper? And I think that's one thing that you've challenged me in my career the most with is, all right, JJ, just because you think that that's what it is, it, that's not, and we've achieved so much, Rachel, because we have looked at it differently. So congrats to you for that. And your your strategic marketing plan is phenomenal. And I, I wasn't trying to minimize it by saying it's narrow. And But it if you look at it's, it in comparison to the plan, right. it's an important element of it's it. But it's its, own, yeah, it's, it's its own. Yeah, it's its own. You're in the weeds. Mm-hmm. But the last mm-hmm. question that I have uh, is really relative to, to all of those meetings that you held. You know, it's probably a very important bonding experience for you to learn because you're not here every day in the departments working. Did you learn a lot about the services? Even after you've been here for years, did you learn anything? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. there's no, it's not possible to keep track of every single little thing that's happening in the different areas. Um, so that gives me the opportunity to say, what services are we providing? What are our capabilities? And sometimes things will pop up that I'm like, what? I didn't know we were doing that. That's amazing. So that was my we question. We got to do more with that. Was there anything that you can think of that just took you by surprise or that you thought during these conversations, it's like, wow, really? So when I met with our pain management team for our center uh, for pain management at Hillsdale Hospital, I learned that one of the things that they are doing right now, it's typically a treatment for pain, but it is helping people who have the issue, who've had COVID and since then have had issues with taste and smell that they can't eat meat because meat tastes like rotting yeah. meat, I I've guess, to them. So that. meat or poultry or whatever. Yeah. Now, it's not covered by insurance right now because it's very new. Sure. Of course, the, the issue being specific to COVID is new, um, but I had no idea we were doing that. Yeah. And that's one of those things where we're probably not to a point yet that we want to market that because of how it's paid for. Right. Um, but we might get to that point yeah. where we can market that. And for me to know that ahead of time is huge. But the other thing that that allows me to do is to see opportunities for cross-departmental um, you know, collaboration or referring into our different service lines from others that may not have been understood before that. So I was able to tell our pain management team, hey, when you guys have those patients, you should also refer them to Denise Lovinger, our dietitian, because she can help them also figure out what other issues are they having that because of the, the taste and smell challenges that they're not getting enough calories or they're not getting enough 
of, you know, this macronutrient or whatever that they need so she can help them put together a plan that works for their lifestyle and what food they do like that tastes good. Um, And then vice versa, right? So when Denise has people come to her who are struggling to get enough calories because they are, you know, not really wanting to eat a lot because of the taste and smell, she can say, hey, let me send Hmm. you up to have a conversation with our pain management folks about, you know, could the treatment that they have available be helpful to you? It may or may not. That's incredible. So JJ, once you've gone through this process, right, you gather all your information, do your environmental scan, put together your overarching plan and your focus areas for the organization that are also tied up into your pillars as an organization. Um, And then you go into your strategic approach, which is the execution of each of those individual focus areas and the priorities under those. Then it's time to monitor, evaluate, and ensure compliance. So how does that process work? (laughs) Uh, Well, I can tell you from experience, it's the most difficult uh, because everybody that gets through the process and the plan is written, there's a feeling of relief. There's a feeling of satisfaction, but sometimes there can be a feeling of, all right, we're done. We're going to walk away. It's concluded. No, the work just begins. And you've heard me say that. Getting the plan put together is a lot of work. But sadly, it's just the beginning because when the plan has to be implemented over and, – and, and understand this. I've seen strategic plans for one year, two years, three years, four years, and five years. I've seen them all. I like three years. I like a mm-hmm. three-year plan that is a living document that can be modified. Uh, the basis is there. You know, your assessments have been done. Um, to go less than that, it's a lot of work. To go more than that really puts the organization, I feel, at risk with such Mm -hmm. a changing environment. But to your point, you know, monitoring and evaluating all of the planning activities that have been done and the final product uh, and going through the process of the uh, status implementation of that specific plan is important, uh, very important, identifying the strategic issues and the goals that you want to achieve. I think that's critical. You know, one advantage of monitoring and evaluation is to ensure that the committee leads, whoever that is, I appoint one for every section of ours. Uh, Administration, that means our senior leaders. Uh, They Mm -hmm. have to be involved with this. The CFO is not in all of these planning activities. In fact, I keep him out of all of them for a specific reason. Uh, And myself, I stay out of the committee work. um, And that's important. But to make sure that and and, and to ensure that the committees, uh, the leads, the administration, and then most importantly, the governing body, the board of trustees are following the direction that's been established during the strategic planning is is a very important key component of the success of the plan. Um, Now, the advantage for doing that is in what we call the acting phase of it. You have to act. You have to do. Um, And that's really what gets lost a lot of times in plans. I've honest to Mm -hmm. God, Rachel, I have served on committees for, let's just say, um, community organizations Mm -hmm. where we spend $10,000 to bring a facilitator in. We spend two painstaking days of terrible food and terrible jokes and long (laughs) processes. And then the strategic plan sits on a shelf. No one even dusted off every quarter. No one's given status reports. That is dangerous. So, you know, for me, our strategic plan as a hospital must be fluid. Uh, it, It can be retooled if necessary. 
um, and it's retooled for the purpose of conforming to the industry and the market turns and the trends that we see. A lot of our industry changes, like we said, in just a matter of time, so we have to be able to adapt to that. And you can't say, nope, the strategic plan did not address that, so we can't. No, then then you're not a visionary. Uh, you're a reactionary, and then you're just reacting to that particular situation. So we know that after the planning you know, process and the phases are done, um, we actually, as a people, regardless of what industry and learn best when we're actually doing something, all right, with new material, with new uh, information. Uh, and then obviously we use that by reflecting upon our experiences that just happened. Uh, and we're constantly doing something. My predecessor and the former CEO of the hospital, you know, said, JJ, you got some options. You know, you can do nothing. Uh, and hope for the best, uh, or you can do something and you can actually get and expect the best. Uh, and I never, you know, I, I, when I look at it, I thought, you know, I don't want to hope for the best. You know, I want to actually achieve the best. And in order to do that, we have hope to do is not a strategy. Yeah. Hope is not, you know, it, and so in order to achieve the best, you have to do something. He says, you can do nothing to any situation. And you're probably going to have the same outcome. So, Well, JJ, let me ask you a question. If you have two frogs sitting on a lily pad and one decides to jump off, how many are left? Well, there's one frog on the lily pad. There's two. Making a decision doesn't mean you did anything about it. Oh, Rachel, that's great. Right? You're absolutely right. And that's the whole point. You can think about it and you can decide this is what we're going to do, but then you have to go do it. Absolutely. That's that's a great point. I'm going to use that. Okay. Can I steal it? Oh, totally. I stole it from somebody else. I okay. don't remember who, but. Absolutely. So we learn through doing. We learn through acting. And we do that through reflecting on our experiences. There's there's not a day that goes by in healthcare that we're not learning something new or that we're not required to do something new. You know, we can learn a great deal about our organizations, how to manage the organizations, um, and and unless we put that to practical use and application, it's worthless. It's worthless. Learn from our mistakes, but do something because you can do nothing and your organization is going to suffer greatly. So, you know, part of the process of monitoring and evaluating is ensuring that the work plans that have been developed during your strategic planning um, and, and identifying those strategic priorities, we call them. They're typically action items um, that are established under any strategic plan that they're strongly weighted you know, and that they are guidelines to serve you as you push them forward. That's so important. Understand they're not rules, all right? There's no penalty. There shouldn't be any penalty associated with your strategic plan because someone doesn't implement it. You can't say, well, you're going to get docked your your bonus or you're not going to get your pay. That's ridiculous. And I've seen that before. If you don't Mm -hmm. achieve these strategic plans, then it's not going to contribute to your overall uh, performance metrics, which means you're not going to get your your raise or your bonus. That is that is so unacceptable. uh, It it doesn't account for environmental factors that can't be controlled. It's about how do you manage the outside influences when they do occur, like COVID. So we call those market forces, you know, and it will be acceptable to deviate from the plan. Uh, that is so critical. Uh, it has to be, you know, obviously you can't just deviate on your on your own and, and by your own selves. You have to have, you know, conversations with your CEO, with your board of trustees. It has to be communicated with committee members. But at the end of the day, if you're just trying to check a box and it's not good for the organization, you're actually going to hurt the organization. Uh, 
And that is that is what's very dangerous. So monitoring, evaluation, and then as a CEO, it's my job to make sure there's compliance. And you know that I drive every quarter. I want to see what your results are. And I'm going to actually share in the same program that you're using for project management mm-hmm. yep. uh, for this plan. I'm excited. Uh, and 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 through this process, Rachel, the organization is better. It's healthier. It should be financially more sustainable. Uh, you should see better health outcomes. You should have better quality. You should have more engaged people if it's done right. And that and for those reasons are why your organization should have a strategic plan. Thank you for joining us for today's mini-sode. If you have a topic or issue you want us to cover on a future mini-sode, shoot us an email at marketing at hillsdalehospital.com. You can also find Hillsdale Hospital on Facebook and Instagram. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. You can also find us now on Twitter. I'm at Hillsdale CEO, JJ. Rachel's at Rural Health Rach. And you can also follow our podcast at Rural Health Pod. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, and a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. Hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. For more episodes, interviews, and more information, visit RuralHealthRising.com.